Well, good afternoon to all of you. It's wonderful to be here with you. And on behalf of Crossview Church and all who they call Crossview Church their church home, Merry, Merry Christmas. It's just so great to be with you today. I don't know about you, but once I hear the first Christmas song of the season, it's like at that point I'm brought into the Christmas spirit. It takes like that song to kind of accompany and announce and give permission for my brain to say, okay, now it's time to embrace the Christmas season. And so it usually is that one song that does it, especially if it's my favorite Christmas song. I think many of us have a favorite Christmas song. Would you say you have a favorite Christmas song? Raise your hand if you have a favorite Christmas carol. Okay, we're going to do a little survey here. Um, If your favorite Christmas song is Silent Night, raise your hand. Okay, we have some Silent Night people. If your favorite Christmas song is Jingle Bells, raise your hand. Okay, we have some little hands up for that one. All right. How about I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas, which we are all doing today, right? Yes, there you go. Little Drummer Boy, they say you either love it or you hate it, so there you go. How about Oh Holy Night? There, yeah, lots of those. Okay, now if you have a favorite Christmas song and I did not name it, raise your hand. All right, that's right. You are the grandma got ran over by a reindeer crowd. So I thought I could see that there. Songs are powerful because they bring memories and emotions and thoughts to our head. And songs tell a story. Some songs tell stories that are true, and some songs tell stories that are false. Either the way, they're powerful, and they sink into our minds. Many of us live by certain messages, or if you will, songs that we sing to ourselves. They've been woven into our thinking. They act like, these messages act like songs that guide how we live our lives. Sometimes those are true. Sometimes we'll hear true things about ourselves, like you're valued and you're loved. And sometimes there's like this chorus of critics in our head that tell us you'll never be good enough. And you can't do it right. So the question I have for us this Christmas Eve is this. What song are we singing in our hearts today? What song are we singing in our hearts today? And I want to go a little deeper with this. And by doing that, I'm going to look at two very familiar Christmas songs. The first one I'm going to look at is Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front that... The lyrics to Santa Claus is coming to town and the message to Santa Claus is coming to town could not be more opposite of what we celebrate here today on Christmas Eve. The message is totally not a Christmas message, believe it or not. But with that said, I'm not saying the song should be banned. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to the song. In fact, if you're a radio person and you leave tonight and you turn on your, you get in, into your car and you turn on the radio and Bruce Springsteen or the Jackson 5 version of Santa Claus's Company in Town is playing and you want to jam out, go for it, all right? I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying the message of the song isn't what we celebrate today. You better watch out. You better not pout. I had a friend helping me. <laughs> you better not cry. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. 
He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness' sake. I don't think many of us intentionally live our lives to say that we live our lives by the words of Santa Claus is coming to town, but I think for many of us, that chorus of critics in our heads sing a version of that song to us every day. This song tells us if we want to receive the benefits of Christmas, then we better be good. It tells us if we want to receive the benefits of Christmas, it's dependent upon our behavior and our performance. It tells us if we want to receive what we celebrate today, the true meaning of Christmas is only applied to us if we earn it and if we deserve it. And if we're not good, Santa will find out and there will be consequences. Many of us think God is like that. Many of us think that God is watching and waiting for us to screw up. Many of us believe God's love only comes with good behavior or when we perform the way we should. We think God is like Santa Claus in the song, keeping a record, keeping watch, waiting for us to screw up. And when we do, he's ready to punish there's a great pastor and author named A.W. Tozer who said the most important thing about us is what we think of God. I think it's easy for all of us to slip into this mindset where we think God is up there watching us to do something wrong, watching for us to mess up. And so you better be good. We better perform well. But that's not what God is like. The good news that we celebrate today is you don't have to perform or earn God's love. You don't have to earn God's grace. You don't have to earn God's mercy. You don't have to earn God's goodness. What we celebrate today is that God gives all those things to us freely, and when we receive them, our lives are transformed. You see, there's another song that we sing this time of year that I think is more accurate to what we celebrate today. And one of the lines in this song is this. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Isn't that amazing? A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. What do you want to live by? You better watch out or a thrill of hope for the weary world rejoices. We live in a desperate, weary world. And the thrill of hope sounds good because our world is weary. We feel the weariness of our world. In fact, we are probably the first generation of the human race that has these computers in our pockets and we are notified in real time of every evil and horrible event that happens around the world. And that creates a weariness. There's a difference between being weary and tired. Weary is a lacking of strength or endurance. We need this hope. Because this hope that we sing about and celebrate today is not just a hope for the weary world, but it's a personal hope for you as well. You could easily say a thrill of hope for the weary soul rejoices. The truth is our souls can get weary. But what we celebrate today 
is that God did something absolutely amazing. And it doesn't depend on our good behavior. It rests all in the goodness of who he is. Today, we celebrate that God brings hope to the human soul and to our world in a way that nothing else can. Today, we celebrate God coming to earth to be among his people, to be with his people, to meet his people in their weariness, to meet his people in the shortcomings of their sin and their imperfections and their failings. God is not put off by those things. It's not like he has this clipboard taking notes. No, no, no. He is drawn to us in the messes of our life. He's drawn to us in our sins and our sufferings. He's drawn to us in our brokenness. That's how much he loves us. Today, we celebrate the one and only true God in heaven breaking into a weary world and bringing hope and love and joy and peace. Do you see how much God loves us? God loves us so much that God the Father sent his son, Jesus, who's God himself, into a weary world. And why did he come? Well, the Bible says this in John 3, 17, for he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, you better watch out, but to save the world, a thrill of hope through him. In this verse, we see two things that bring joy to our hearts, not only this Christmas season, but beyond as well. The first thing we see is God's purpose. Why was there a thrill of hope? Because God did something to bring us closer to him. The Bible tells us in order to have a relationship with God, we have to be absolutely perfect. But we feel the weight of that because none of us are perfect. The Bible tells us that as well. This creates a big problem. Because if you have to be perfect to be in relationship with God and none of us are, what's going to happen God saw us in that place, and he sent his son to save us. So Jesus came, and he went and lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. And he went to the cross, and he took our sin upon himself, and he paid the penalty for our sin so that we would be saved. When we let him into our hearts, his perfection covers our imperfection. Now we have a perfection that allows us to have access to God. That's the gift of Jesus Christ. What we celebrate today is that God saw us in that place of brokenness and sin and shame, and he did something about it. He sent his son to save us. And you know what that brings? A thrill of hope that a weary soul can rejoice in. God did not send Jesus in the world to condemn us, but rather he sent Jesus in the world to meet us and save us. Save us from our sin. Save us from our shame so that we could be in relationship with him. Another thing that we see in this verse is that there's an invitation here. Jesus is the only one who can turn our weariness into joy, into life, and into soul satisfaction. That's what being saved is all about. This verse says that Jesus came to save the world 
through him. There's the invitation. We are saved because of who Jesus is and what he did. God came to earth in the form of the human being, Jesus. He lived the perfect life we were unable to live, and then he went to the cross to die for our sins and imperfections. And then the best Christmas present any human being could ever receive is the invitation by God to have new life. The invitation by God to be with him. With him now, but also with him forever to the point where we don't have to fear death because when we give him our lives, we will be with him through death and after death. So how do we accept this invitation? How do we open this Christmas present? There's three words I want you to remember. Turn, trust, and follow. The Bible says to accept this invitation, you just have to do these three things. You have to turn. First, you turn from your sin and your shame and your brokenness, and you turn to God. The biblical word for that is repentance, but repentance has kind of gotten a bad rap. It has this image of fire and brimstone, but repentance is a beautiful thing. To turn from our brokenness and our shame and turn to God and say, I need you in my life. That's an amazing thing. The second thing is to trust. The Bible says we have to believe in who Jesus is and what he did. And it's not just this intellectual belief in our head that, yeah, I believe who Jesus is. It's a belief that we are all in. That we put our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength in Jesus. And we say we believe in who you are and what you've done. And finally, we're called to follow. That Jesus now sits on the throne of our hearts. And we gladly give him that throne. We say, you are king of kings, and you are king of, of my life as well. You sit in your rightful place of my heart. When you do that, when you turn, when you trust, and when you follow, you move from, you better watch out, to a thrill of hope. When you do that, when you turn and trust and follow... You move from listening to the choir of critics in your head saying you'll never be good enough to angels rejoicing and singing that you're a child of God. When you do that, when you turn and you trust and follow, you move from life without purpose and meaning to an abundant life on mission with God. When you do that, when you turn and trust and follow, you move from a fear of death to death is a doorway of eternal life. What we celebrate at Christmas, God coming to earth, not to condemn us, but to save us. It's the greatest hope, the greatest news, the greatest gift for all of humanity. And I encourage every single one of us here to open this gift this Christmas season to turn, to trust, and to follow. Let's pray.